Hey, everyone. Welcome to Locked on Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers win in a rout on Tuesday. They're back above 500 and playing Sacramento tonight. Lots going on. We'll talk about it next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Lockdown Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcasts. It's always going to be free, and it is never going to be behind a paywall. Lockdown Lakers on YouTube. It's where nearly 22,000 subscribers are all rejoicing at the Lakers' first laugher of the year. Let me rephrase that. First laugher in a good way of the year for the Lakers. 134 to 107 over the some individuals wearing the uniforms of the Memphis Grizzlies, Andy. Um, we knew they were bad coming in. They were uh, two and eight coming into this game, but uh, oh my God, uh, this this edition of the Grizzlies with no jaw and Brandon Clark's injured and Steven Adams injured and you know Marcus Smart left this game early. This is a god awful team. Just yeah, I mean, this is feeling very much reminiscent of the Grizzlies we used to watch in Vancouver. <laughs> like that, you know, the, the city of Vancouver decided, no, really, send them back to send them back to the U.S. We don't need this. Um, oof, especially too, like Marcus Smart getting hurt in this game. You feel for them as a team just because. Even though the Lakers, you could see some chippiness in this game, and there was some chippiness in the air in the NBA tonight in general. Uh, In-season tournament, baby. Yes, it is. Who who says that the players don't give a rat's ass about this imaginary tournament? <laughs> like they care. Like, or if nothing else, they've been given a memo to care, and they are following Anthony the memo. Davis throwing. Uh, who did he throw to the ground? Was that Aldama? I Aldama. Uh, yeah, well, Aldama, Aldama started it actually. Yeah. Aldama actually was getting chippy with AD all the way. Uh, AD had been rim rim running towards the basket. Aldama had been all over him, and then he got in AD's ways. AD was just trying to clear out to let uh, Aldama inbound. Uh, AD then said he'd had enough. He shoved Aldama. Uh, they had to be separated a bit. Uh, D'Lo and I believe Desmond Bain both got hit with techs. Um, Taylor Jenkins got hit with a tech there because he he's just giving away money to the NBA these days. Really that, that, dude, <laughs> that dude is just getting paid. He's just paying fines left and right. That's and this was day. on a night, too, where before Minnesota or Golden State had even scored a point, there was a scuffle between Clay Thompson and Jaden McDaniels, which got really out of hand. A scrum formed at about half court, and Draymond Green ended up putting Rudy Gobert in, no exaggeration, basically an MMA chokehold from the back. Which, um, to be fair, is something almost everybody has wanted to do at one point or another. It's true, but you still can't. Right. <laughs> like, you know, I well, mean, most we, of us aren't most of us aren't tall enough to put Rudy oh, Gobert in a chokehold. We just look without rules, Brian, you lose civilized <laughs> society. We just devolve into no, chaos. I guess. We are we are no better as a society than our rules. Um, and yeah. what the best part of it though 
is that this came 72 hours roughly after Draymond Green got ejected in a game against Cleveland, then took to Instagram railing against people who criticize the way Draymond goes about his in-game temperament business, said that, quote, he is better at being Draymond than anybody, then 72 hours later gets ejected again in a game where they already don't have Steph Curry. They're going to be down Clay Thompson because it was pretty clear from that fracas he was going to get kidding. booted. Yeah, he got tossed. Yeah, so chef's kiss, Draymond. Um, so, but, so you look at this, you know, the, the, the interest in this tournament and around the league guys might be, uh, uh, carrying a little bit more than perhaps was advertised earlier in the year. Um, but it didn't really matter how much this Memphis Grizzlies team cared <laughs> because, no. uh, they are simply not equipped to compete at the NBA level, um, with all their guys missing and, you know, some really just key players. And so I, I mentioned this not to devalue the win. Um, because I actually loved pretty much everything about this game because you look at it on paper, Andy, and you say to yourself, geez, the Lakers ought to throttle this team. Like they really should. And they did. It played out exactly the way that you would think a good team, the Lakers, that's what they're supposed to be, would play against one of the worst teams in the NBA. They did not do the thing where they fell behind early and gave the bad team a chance. Um, the Lakers finished the first quarter um, up by 11. They were plus 12 in the second quarter. So the game was essentially over at halftime, assuming the Lakers didn't come out and uh, you know basically just wet the bed in the third quarter. They did not. They basically played it even and threw it in cruise control for the rest of the game. LeBron James and Anthony Davis got to sit late. Neither one of them uh, played more than 30 minutes. LeBron only played 23 minutes. Um, everybody on the Lakers got hot from three-point range. It's just like sometimes when things aren't going great, Andy, you need a game against a bad team where you can do all of your stuff, you know, and you don't get a lot of resistance and it can put you in a place where now you go into tomorrow's game against Sacramento. You've got a little rhythm. You've got a little, you know, a little flow and it's very possible. You could get a good carryover from, uh, from, from, from Tuesday into Wednesday. Well, I mean, first of all, one of the marks of elite teams is that they beat the snot out of bad teams on a regular basis. That is something that you expect from teams that are supposed to be in the championship hunt. It's one of the ways they go about raising their record, getting themselves to 50 wins, 55 wins, 60 wins. They don't do it solely on the basis of beating up the best. They often lose to some of the best around the league because that's why those teams are also some of the best. So these, if you want to call them cheap wins, fine. They stack up. Does this one win mean that the Lakers are now, by definition, one of the best teams around the league? No. We need a larger sample size of them playing at this level. And quite frankly, they just need more guys back. We need to see the team as they were designed to operate. But it doesn't change the fact that this is the thing that you expect them to be doing if they are the team that everybody thought they were heading into this season. So that's why I agree with you. Like, like you said, is it a massive achievement? 
that they managed to control this game against Memphis so soundly from start to finish? No, although we will get into the particulars of what we are hoping from this game is actually significant, but it matters that they did it tonight on a bunch of different levels. So you can walk away feeling really good about this game as a Laker fan, even if it doesn't mean everything's been turned around from an iffy start. Right, and, and vibes are important at this time of year. And the vibes from this game, you could tell from the players, were really good. Like you needed an, a, a night where they could exhale. Now they won. They've been they've won five games coming in out of the ten that they've played, but they hadn't won a game in a walk. They hadn't had a laugher. This is and, the first time they were leading a game at halftime. I believe. Yes, it has been a grind to say the least. And you know, you go out and you have a blowout, and it just lifts the spirit of the entire team. And and before you know, we'll come back and talk about threes. We'll talk about Anthony Davis, who uh, clearly is offended at the idea of Jaron Jackson Jr. being the reigning defensive player of the year. Um, but the Lakers, you know, going into that Phoenix game. We're kind of on a little like little precipice here of 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 trouble, three and five going to on the road uh, to to play the Suns. You drop to three and six. Things look very different, and now they've won three in a row and they're back over five hundred. And things look things look and feel significantly better. So uh, Anthony Davis made a massive statement on. Um, on, on Tuesday, not just with the the numbers, but also how he played and who he did it against. So we'll talk about it next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by eBay Motors, and our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Great tips, whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire. Every week, we're going to provide you with some players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. Could be the difference between winning or losing when it's all said and done. So let's see who Josh picked out for us this week on eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Some familiar faces, actually. Skylar Mays, who the Laker fans watched during Sunday's game against the Blazers. He should be starting for at least the rest of this week, and his value is great for fantasy teams, at least until Malcolm Brogdon returns. Jacob Gilliard, who we witnessed during tonight's game against the Grizzlies for deeper leagues, he has been starting for Memphis, and unfortunately, with Marcus Smart's situation, he could potentially be getting even more minutes. He's a really good source of assists. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows that a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And it's the same with your vehicle. There's nothing worse than having your vehicle break down in real time. True story. I once had to pull over because the car I was on my way to trade in, the engine caught on fire and you can't drive like that. And I would have been in so much better shape from the beginning if I had had this type of access to eBay Motors, put that good stuff in my car. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride- None of which will catch on fire. <laughs> None of them. Yeah, they will not catch on fire. 120 make- million non-flammable parts. <laughs> yep. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it is guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not- cash or car <laughs> so keep your ride or die alive with ebaymotors.com ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only 
exclusions apply? Um, so we, it, the Grizzlies are awful. Um, and I feel bad. I mean, Taylor Jenkins is a good coach. I was really excited about the trajectory of this team. Uh, it, things have really gone south quite quickly. Um, see what happens if they can tread water until Ja comes back and what that looks like when he does could be hard. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're in a hole. <laughs> um, I, I do want to give a quick shout out to Jacob Gilliard, um, only because, I, I've never, I no idea who this person is. Um, but anytime I see somebody who's five foot nine playing in the NBA, it is worth praising that person because you have to be just shockingly good at basketball to be in the NBA when you're five foot nine. I, I mean, I, he's not going to be a star. He may never play. You may never hear from him again after this year. I don't know, whatever. But the dude is playing in the NBA. He's five foot nine, 160 pounds. It's like, you know, go back and look at the career of Nate Robinson and picture what that would have been like if he was like six seven. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, that is more or less the career of Allen Iverson because he was – Well, that's one of the six. reasons Iverson is one of the most amazing players of of any generation. Because yeah. he was listed, I believe, at six feet. That dude was not six feet because I am 5'8", and I've been next to Allen Iverson. I've had a conversation with Allen Iverson – he was not four inches taller than me at all. <laughs> no, I just I, I I'm I am in awe of guys who can compete at that level, at that size. So shout out to Jacob Gilliard, um, and uh, kudos to you. And as a five foot nine person, I feel like he is carrying the torch for, your, for he's your like spirit me. animal. He kind of is, yes. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway. Um, we we noted uh, in the NBA GM survey before the season started the lack of love on the defensive end for Anthony Davis. We noted in the voting last year for Defensive Player of the Year the lack of, of love for Anthony Davis. It wasn't even just that he wasn't like a front runner for, def you know, best defensive player in the league. You know, he, he came in about fourth or fifth in that category, maybe even six or seven, but like he was acknowledged. But then when you started getting into more of the granular, like characteristics where you're like, okay, well, clearly he's got to be one of the guys here. Like he did not get a single vote for most versatile defensive nope. player of the year. Yep. When you could argue, you want to say it's someone else's defensive player of the year. Fine. It's hard to argue that somebody else is a more versatile defensive yeah. player in the NBA. Like just pure things you can do as a defensive player. Let's make a list. <laughs> it is hard to come up with it, anybody with more than AD. It's ridiculous. And, you know, you and I are not like people who get all worked up over awards and this and that. We did like three shows worth of stuff of just jaw-dropped you know, disbelief and anger that the just it's like nobody watched the playoffs last year. And so um clearly while Anthony Davis says he's not concerned about awards, he doesn't care about these sorts of things, clearly he is a liar. <laughs> he's a lying liar who tells lies because he absolutely pantsed Jaron Jackson Jr., the reigning defensive player of the year. And the entire Grizzlies team, AD, 
you know, the offensive numbers were nice. 19 points, 7-11 from the floor, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, 5 of 6 from the line. He blocked. I mean, he only played 27 minutes. Right. <laughs> he blocked every shot that, were the, that was taken. I, I, they say he had six blocks. I think that's off by like a factor of 10. <laughs> he blocked everything. Many of them with a a palpable sense of disgust and disdain for the person who attempted to bring the ball near the basket. I mean, the, he, a couple, like one time he looked at Desmond Bain, like, I cannot believe you just tried that, you know, coming down here, showing the ball, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like you're just going to lay it in, like get the bleep out of here with that. And it's very, it's very you know who I tape. am. I'm Mo green, right? <laughs> I was making my bones when it was just, he that. was just like, he was, he was just, he was, Totally insulted by what the Grizzlies were trying to do. And icing on the cake, Jaron Jackson Jr., 3 of 16 from the field. Um, Are are people – can we re-vote? Can the GMs get back together and do like an early season re-vote? Because come on, people. Yeah. Um, 3 of 16 from the field, like you said, for 8 points, just 2 rebounds. Like – you know, not all of this struggle was because of AD's presence for Jaron Jackson Jr., but not none of the struggle either. Like he now, here's the thing: I looked this up. Jaron Jackson Jr. got blocked four times in this game. I'm pretty positive that was all Anthony Davis. Like he had two blocks on Jaron Jackson Jr. in a span of about three seconds. Um, yeah, I noted on, set the tone early in the game. I noted on Twitter at Cam Brothers. If Anthony Davis played enough of his games each year against Jaron Jackson Jr., nobody else would win Defensive Player of the Year until AD retires. <laughs> like he, he owns Jaron. Like Jaron Jackson Jr., his offense overall is not where his defense is at, and frankly, it's a problem for Memphis. Like right now, he's been, but, he's put up some points this year. He's been better, but like just now, the team is so bad it doesn't but matter. My God, AD owns him. When when AD is up against him, mono e mono, it's it's not. There's only one mono involved. It's it's one of these things where, yeah. Look, the Lakers the, after a game in which they won, they won the game. You know, uh, against Portland, hitting four. There, get my hand in the frame. Four three pointers. They won an NBA game with four. They set a franchise record, tied a franchise record, I should say. In this one with 22. Um, so you know, maybe we can find a little bit of a middle ground. Um, <laughs> you know, t- uh, on on Wednesday against the the um the Kings, they shot 63% against the Grizzlies from the three-point range. You're gonna win most of the games where you do that, Andy. Um, but even with all that, even with you know, incredibly balanced performances and 24 points from D'Lo and 23 from Hachimura and 16 from Reeves and you know, basically everybody had had some moments in this game. The thing that I took away is like the just the dominant performance of this game was absolutely Anthony Davis, and particularly on the defensive side. Yeah, it was also great too in a game where you know, on one hand, LeBron, you know, we, the game was such a, a laugher. We didn't even you know confirm to folks that LeBron actually did play. I mentioned this- that he played twenty three minutes, but we kind of 
breezed by it. Uh, yeah, that he was available. Uh, it's kind of a wasted game um, from Spectrum Sportsnet's perspective because he was mic'd up and yeah. they, they didn't really get their money's worth because he wasn't on the court enough. <laughs> it was by the changing, way, it was him changing into his sweats the entire time. LeBron mic'd up is awesome. Like mm -hmm. he is totally self-aware that he's mic'd and there is knowing theatricality going on fine. The basketball insights and the stuff that he's saying on the court, in the huddles, whatever, it's still great, even if it is 100% self-awareness. Oh, absolutely. But uh, if I, also, too, if you get a chance, go to the Lakers' official uh, Twitter feed. I'm sure it's on the official Instagram feed, too. They have a like a 56-second clip of LeBron just moving around the, the special tournament court, just squeaking his shoes. Just testing out the floor, squeak, 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 moving around. It's hypnotic. <laughs> Everybody should go take a look at it. I like the floor. I like the the Lakers floor yeah. look good. I wouldn't mind that yellow being the the color they have all the time. We get back. I want. There's a another element though. I wanted to get into with quickly with AD and LeBron, and also the three point shooting before we do any look ahead towards uh, the game tonight against Sacramento, which is a biggie. So. Mm -hmm. We can talk about that next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Ibotta, and big holidays mean big family get-togethers, but you don't have to spend all that money on the Thanksgiving spread without getting something in return to be extra thankful for. With Ibotta, you can get your turkey and all your favorite sides for free during November. For the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for Everything. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipt. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. So you can make sure you are beating inflation no matter what you're buying. And other apps, they give you those points that nobody ever gets around to redeeming. They're confusing. They're frustrating. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that can be added to your bank account, your PayPal, gift cards. You also earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Download the Ibotta app now. Use the code LOCKED to get 100% back on your Thanksgiving dinner during November. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store, download the free Ibotta app, use that code LOCKED, that's I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store, use that code LOCKED. So uh, you had one more thing, Andy, you wanted to add about uh, AD and LeBron? Uh, just... LeBron was really lively in this game. Like from the beginning, he seemed to have a real pep in his step, but it doesn't change the fact that, you know, he's coming off that shin contusion that, you know, they, I think out of cautiousness, he missed that last game against Portland. Mm -hmm. But it's still nice to have him be able, in particular, to have an easy night. And AD was the anchor of, you know, a, a team wide performance that allowed that for LeBron again, just 23 minutes. And, you know, he was allowed to, you know, show out, play well, contribute a lot and not really break much of a sweat. The other thing I was going to mention with the three point shooting, as you mentioned, uh, 22 threes tying a franchise record, every Laker other than Christian Wood who took a three made at least one. And D'Lo in particular was scorching from behind the arc, six of eight. 
it got me thinking. D'Lo has always been a really streaky three-point shooter. He's been off to a very cold start to this mm-hmm. season, very uncharacteristically cold, even by streaky standards. Maybe tonight was the marking of a positive streak for D'Lo because he looked super comfortable tonight. Well, yeah, I mean, everybody did. I mean, you know, Reeves was four for four from from three. Hachimura was three for three. I mean, some of these stat lines in terms of Rui actually needs to take more threes until until, until there's uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, he needs to take more. Um, you know, he is uh, he's around forty. You know, but he'll be over forty percent, I think, after they calculate um, Wednesday's games. Let's get you know fed into the the, the stat box. Um, but it just, you know, you, part of what makes this game potentially encouraging is just guys who needed to see the ball go in or benefit from seeing the ball go in. You know, Reeves has been on an upswing. There's no question, but four for four still makes you feel good. And, you know, his, his overall line, 16 points, 12 rebounds, seven assists, you know, you just you know, it's twenty nine minutes of Austin Reeves playing a high end ball and having the kind of impact that you want to see. Hachimura, eight of ten from the floor. He has not played a ton of basketball this year, so you know, twenty three points in twenty four minutes. <laughs> yeah, got to the line four times, made all of his you know, made all of his free throws. You mentioned D'Lo. Um, you, know, you know, Jackson Hayes had some of his best minutes. Um, in a little bit, you know, everybody got, you know, even Max Christie again, two for two hit his only three. Everybody had a little something to feel good about with the exception offensively of Christian Wood, but Wood pitched in with 10 rebounds. So it's not like he was doing nothing, uh, over the course of the game. And, you know, this was, you couldn't script the front end of a back to back any better than this. Nope. Great warm up. Everybody's playing. Guys are in a flow. The offense gets to work. You're doing stuff. You have a dominant defensive performance from Anthony Davis, and nobody had to work particularly hard um, because the Kings are uh, legit. They are, you know, once again with De'Aaron Fox. He um, got back on the floor Monday, I believe it was, and so yep. you know the Kings are very likely to look much more like the Kings are supposed to. Um, and that makes this a very difficult game. Yeah. I mean, for what it's worth, we talked about back hit Monday. He was up against Cleveland, one thirty two, one twenty win by Sacramento, 28 points on 11 of 20 shooting from the field. Um, got the line seven times, six assists against just one turnover. He, he's a hell of a player, and he makes a hell of a difference. He is also a really difficult cover. So yep. they're going to have to figure out, you know, the, the the defensive scheme against Fox is going to be really, really interesting to watch. You know, the Lakers have advantages of their own that they can press, name, namely AD, you know, up against Sabonis. Like, you know, they don't really have – a matchup to even try to do much against AD, but Fox is, he, he's a problem, man. Darren Fox over the last couple of years has become a legit problem in this league. Yeah. And you look at it, you know, the, the Kings, Kings are a little like the Lakers in the sense that, you know, the early season 
storyline on them has not been great. Um, but the flip side is I, Fox missed, I believe, five games. So why are the Kings five and four? Well, played a lot of that without De'Aaron Fox. They've quietly won three in a row, just like the Lakers have. And, um, you know, the, the the big difference with, you know, both these teams have a lot in common in the sense that the Lakers, um, not a great road team, one and five on the road. The Kings, one and three on the road. Lakers undefeated home Kings four and one. So, you know, this game at the crypt, you figure you know, this is, you know, an opportunity for the Lakers to get a win. And I will say if they can, um, that gives them two wins over Phoenix early in the season. Um, it would give them, you know, a win over Sacramento. Um, they've got, you know, you know, these, these sort of early opportunities to take games against teams that they could be chasing. They have a, you know, a, a game against the Clippers that they've won that is seeming less and less important by the day. <laughs> Clippers losing. Well, game here's the thing though. Tuesday. If, if the Clippers though, do manage to get things going, you know, oh no! It, it, it could absolutely matter. I just wanted to take an opportunity to poke fun at the fact they've lost six in a row since trading for James Harden, um, and I think they will figure it out. But how many games are they going to lose? And it's going to be weird and awkward and ugly. And I don't think it's going to work out in the spectacular. Like we went through this, Andy. Like you know, with the Westbrook thing, it's like, hey, you know, it could turn. Like, but you just get the feeling at some point that even if it starts to work better. The top end is not going to be what we we hoped it could be. You know, you, think. you actually just hit on what I was going to say. Like how how we define it working, or you know, you had said you know figuring it out. What it looks like when they have figured it out, because I I agree with you. they're not going to play this badly. You know, truth be told, they came reasonably close. Like you know a. <laughs> God, the jokes write themselves. A Paul George either game tying or game winning wedgie <laughs> away from breaking the streak. As somebody who both has a soft spot for Paul George, but also can appreciate the comedy that gets generated from Paul George, I'm kind of torn on this. But Andy, the writers were on strike for a long time. They've come back aggressive. No, 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 no. We 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 and we need the help and we can get it. But like they came credibly close to beating Denver. And you know, lest anybody forget, Denver's a damn good team. So yep. they are perhaps moving in the right direction. But I think you really hit Brian on the most Andy, they, they, to be fair that they did just lose to Memphis. Yeah. I guess, <laughs> I, I guess anything would be a step forward after losing in, in the stock market. They could call, call uh Tuesday game, the, the proverbial dead cat bounce. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I hadn't thought about it that way, yeah. but, um, but you know, but like the, my point is that all of these games, you know, it's early in the season and it's, it's easy to overlook these these early season games and kind of look past it because there is a lot of time to fix stuff and there is a, but I mean you know did anybody made, see how things worked out for the Lakers last year right <laughs> all of these if you want to be in a position at the end of the season where you can do the stuff you want you want to give guys the rest that they need you want to be able to not have to you know put it into overdrive just to stay out of the play in or whatever it might be um, it's two things you got to do, you know, you got to defend your home court. That's what they're going to try to do tonight against Sacramento. You got to beat the bad teams 
that's what they did against Memphis, um, you know, on Tuesday. They got to go to Portland and win that game because the you know the Blazers play hard, but they're not very good. Um, and you know, you come back and you got to defend your home court against tough teams in, in you know Houston, who are playing still playing very well. You see Dallas, you'll see Cleveland. Like you can't, you got to take advantage of the games that you can, and then win the at least the the tough ones on your home floor. Um, and so I, I'm really excited to see tonight's game because three wins in a row a little bit of momentum coming out of a very positive experience on Tuesday. Do they start to look more like the team that we anticipated at the beginning of the year? Um, if they if they win tonight, regardless, I think, of kind of what it looks like, if they win this game tonight, I'm, I'm feeling much better about where the Lakers are because Sacramento is a legit team that does not get talked about and will be there contending for a top four seed in the West but when it's done. Yeah, again, I 100% believe that. Yeah, and can't emphasize enough. They are led by an all NBA caliber guard in Darren Fox. And, you know, Montez Sabonis is pretty good in his own right, too. Oh, my God. He's spectacular. Um, if, so. In a world that did not include Nikola Jokic doing a lot of what Sabonis does, only better, um, we would kind of, I think, be spending more time talking about how good Sabonis is. You know, his numbers are really quite fantastic. You know, he's averaging, you know, his scoring is down a little bit this year because he got off to a bit of a slow start. He's still averaging 18, 12 and a half and seven and a half on almost 60% shooting. Um, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yes, that, that, you know, for a big to be averaging 12 and a half and seven and a half, again, would get much more attention in a world that did have Jokic in it. Um, I don't want to live in that world because I love nope. watching Jokic, but um, still. Uh, all right. Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show, hang out with uh, 22,000-ish subscribers to the channel. Um, we will be back after Wednesday's game to wrap it up and hopefully talk about the Lakers' fourth win in a row. But either way, we'll be back, uh, and we will see everybody tomorrow.